Good morning, Sunnyside. Tell you, I think we are doing something right when our kids have so much to say as a part of our time with children, right? It's great that they can draw from their knowledge of the Bible. They're talkative to each other and to, and to, to us as pastors and leaders. We have a great group of children and families. I'm so thankful to be a part. Please join me as I read the scripture of our day from the Gospel of Luke. In the third chapter, verses 15 through 17, 21 through 22, listen for the word of the Lord. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the shafe he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Creator Spirit, who hovered over the waters at creation's birth, who descended in the form of a dove at Jesus' baptism, who poured out under the signs of fire and wind at Pentecost. Come to us, O God, open our hearts and minds that we might hear the word of life, that we might be renewed by your power, for you live and reign with God in Christ now and forevermore. Amen. This is Baptism of Our Lord Sunday. It's near the start of our calendar year, and each year we begin telling this story again. Baptisms. Without question, they're one of the most fun things I think we get to do as a congregation, and an absolute delight and a joy for pastors to share in. Several years ago, one of our confirmation students said, baptism, it's a time we get to touch and feel and see the work of God around us. Surely something holy happens here. You know what it's like as a new baby is welcomed, as the congregation sings, Jesus love you, as we put the mark of the water, a sprinkle on to the child's forehead, claiming that baby with the love of God. This is God's inward seal on her heart. 
And I especially love here at Sunnyside the way that you have taught me how to practice baptisms even more deeply. That it doesn't stop there with the pastor taking the sprinkle of water and marking the child's forehead in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. No, in fact, maybe it starts there. Because it's at that point we take the child away from the parents and we place them into the arms of the congregation. See what love the Father has we should be called children of God. It is a holy moment every time. I love this practice of our faith. But if we're honest, and as we read the story today, this isn't quite the way Jesus practiced it, nor is it the way John the Baptist practiced baptism. No, John intended baptism for adults, for those who needed a change in their lives, for those who needed to repent and turn around, to go a different way. They were showing the washing, the cleansing, the releasing of their history, and the fresh start that was offered. That's why baptism, the Greek verb used, doesn't mean to sprinkle, it means to plunge under, to immerse, to cover over. I think when the Greeks wrote, used this word, they wrote and usually described it for a sinking ship, something going down under, something in trouble, a ship that wouldn't come back. For John the baptizer, baptism was about death, and baptism was about rebirth. If you went under the waters of the Jordan River, and you were dead to your old self, dead to your old ways, all those ways that no longer served you, those ways that no longer serve God, and then rising above the waters born into a second chance, born into the breath of new life, washed clean. So what an odd place for Jesus to show up. This, in fact, was probably quite scandalous for him to show up on the rivers of, of Jordan, to show up in this crowd full of people who had gone the wrong way when Jesus was going the right way. But this is where Jesus shows up. John wasn't expecting him. John didn't want to baptize him into the scandal and new life, but Jesus insists. And this is where we still find Jesus today, in the middle of controversy in the middle of struggle, in the middle of mess, in the messiness of the river waters of life. Jesus is climbing in. Jesus climbs deliberately into this mess with us, into this world with us. 
God went further than just understanding, but in becoming like us, in practicing our practices, in entering into this river of life, this river of struggle, just as we are today. So that's why I think infant baptisms and adult baptisms mean so much today. We practice now infant baptism, believing that God claims these children as a family of faith, coming and marking with sign and seal of the Holy Spirit, that in faith this child will become part of the family of God. That no matter where he or she or we swim, this is the Mass Jesus enters into. This is who Christ is for us. For Jesus was born in a manger, a place not fit for a king. But the longer I live, a place I'm so grateful that God climbed into, that Christ stands with us. So this year, as we enter into this season of Epiphany, as we celebrate the light of the star and the magi who lead us toward the light of Christ, we celebrate that this is where the Son of God is. In the midst of darkness, the Son will bring us light. In the midst of mess, the sun will bring us cleansing. In all of life, this is where the Christ is. And so that is the place that the voice of God breaks into. And the voice of heaven surrounds all of those of the Jordan River, and they see the dove descend upon Christ, and they hear, Beloved, this is my son. Too often, my friends, I fail. Maybe you fail, too. Too often, we forget whose we are. Too often, we try to separate ourselves from the messiness around us. We draw lines and keep separate and say us and them. But that is not a picture of by whom we are loved. Because the one who loves us comes with us into the mess. Vaccines or no, isolation or not, the one who loves us climbs right in. Did you hear the words Judy read this morning from the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah? This text from the dawning of creation about the light that shines in unexpected places, the light that cannot be overcome, for light will illumine some surprising and some unsettling realities. Light will show us the mess all around the river. And the gospel doesn't stop there, for Jesus doesn't leave us in the water. 
for Jesus joins us in the waters of baptism, brings new life to us, and then teaches us how to ride that wave, teaches us how to swim in that river of life, to catch the flow, and to remember we are baptized. We are promised God's love. So we bear witness to this radical love of God who comes down to us, who stands with us and for us, who points us towards the future. And so today, I invite you to lean into these baptized waters. We may spend a lifetime leaning into those waters and learning how to swim. But let us learn how to be carried by these waters of life. Let's learn how to float. So where are you today in the waters of life? This is your first time at church or maybe your 500th time here. If the waters are raging all around or if the waters are calm for you today. Wherever you are, we are in this together. And we thank God for God's good grace to us in the waters. In the waters of creation, in the waters of the exodus, in the waters of baptism. God with us in the deep, God with us in the waters of new life. God who brings us up and gives us new breath, new life. For when we walk through the waters, God is surely with us. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen.